A spiritual writer tells a story about a French aristocrat who was a writer and the author of, of the book The Little Prince, among others. And he's talking about Antoine de Saint-Zubry, who was uh, traveling back in the 1930s when flying by plane was quite primitive. And he was flying single-handed from Paris to Singapore, Saigon, Singapore. I can't remember which one it was. But uh, he was going over the Sahara Desert on his own and he had fault with the plane and he crashed and he was isolated in the middle of the Sahara Desert. Long story short, he was rescued eventually after a lot of suffering by some nomadic Bedouin tribesmen. And uh, when they got him back and he returned to France, he was a wealthy man, he wanted to show his gratitude to them and he invited some of the Bedouin tribesmen to come and visit Paris and to visit France. When he took them around all the different delights of Paris, the Eiffel Tower, many other places, the museums, art institutes, the, these gentlemen were not too impressed. It didn't really impress them that much. So eventually he brought them to his country estate, uh, saw the vineyards, still not very impressed. And as they were going up the mountain, they heard a noise and they were like mystified. What could this noise be? And when they came around the corner, they saw what was a huge waterfall flowing over, making huge noise, noise giving up lots of, of a mist and, a, and just a, a, an abundance of water flowing. And these hardened tribesmen went down on their knees. They couldn't believe what they were seeing because they could not believe that something that was so precious and so sacred could be so abundant in flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing constantly. And they thought you know, they couldn't grasp that it has been flowing for thousands of years and will continue to grow or to flow for thousands of years to the future. So he's using this example to give us an understanding of who God is and how God is in our lives. And in the gospel of today, it's, it comes at the end of Jesus' life. And just before this happens, um, just before this, Jesus tells Judas to go and do what you have to do. It's nearly an exclamation of Jesus saying, I want to get on and do what God wants me to do. And what God wants Jesus to do is to glorify God. And the word glory and glorify means it's a rev revelation of the truth a revelation of who God is at his best, at God's best. So it is the very essence of who God is. And that this is what Jesus wants to get on and show people in his passion, death, and resurrection. It is a revelation of divine love saving human life. The glorification is mutual because when Jesus is glorifying God, he is also glorifying himself. Because God is eager for his name, his truth, to be known by all. And when Jesus is lifted up from the earth, he draws all people to himself. So there's a mutual glorification of the Father and the Son. Our love for God always comes from God's love for us. God is the initiator of all relationship and all, and all, all love and all forgiveness. But this first loving has to be in the shape of a human person.
or else we will not grasp it. And that person is the person of Jesus. I want to quote you a very good theologian. He said, most of us, I would say practically all of us, can only sense ourselves and our world valued and cherished by God when we feel valued and cherished by others. It brings into play uh, that we only get to understand the grace of divine presence by the presence of other people to us, by being forgiven, accepted and, and accepted and valued by being forgiven, accepted and valued by others. It begins to feel that life is a grace and then to feel inspired to be gracious to others as well. So this theologian, and I, I tend to agree with him, was saying that it is only when we experience these things from human beings that we come to experience them as being from God and messages from God as well. We have to remember that Jesus' resurrected Lord is still joins us in our deepest fears and sustains us through our deepest loss. So that Jesus, the human one, is still with us, and he is still active and alive in our lives. And what he wants for us is to, to enter into the love that he offers, the forgiveness that he offers, the grace that he offers, the acceptance that he offers, so that we can be agents of that to other people as well that Jesus and us, as his disciples, can enter into a mutual glorification. And in this way, we become a waterfall for other people as well. A waterfall of God's love, a waterfall of God's forgiveness, a waterfall of God's peace. So we should never underestimate the value of human encounter, no matter how great it is, no matter how insignificant it is. All of it becomes, it becomes a venue for the revelation of God's presence, love, and forgiveness in our lives. So that waterfall gushing is like a spring of water welling up to eternal life, is manifest in our engagement with other people and other people's engagement with us. God uses every opportunity to communicate himself to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus uses every opportunity to be God's presence in our life through our engagement with other people as well.